what I want to share with you is, you know, many of you know that my brother-in-law passed away a month ago. It was Friday afternoon. And for the last few hours, and they saw it's the last few hours, the doctors uh, in, uh, called my sister. She, should, she, she can come be with them. She was with them there until Friday night. And Friday night, she had to go back home because her family was waiting at home. The hospital was 20 minutes, it's 20 minutes walk from her house. She walked home by herself at night. She said the walk took over an hour. Not only because it was dark outside, it was dark in her heart. She was lost. She, don't, she didn't know, she was thinking all the way, what is she going to tell her children? Her children did not know the situation, how bad it is. How she's going to tell them, break the news, that they're, they're, they'll never see their father again. What she's going to say to the community? So many people prayed for them and were waiting for them and are hopeful. And now nothing is not coming back. But one thing was clear in her mind. She is staying in Hanover, Germany. She, she said she was thinking she left with her husband. She came with her husband to Hanover 15 years ago to open a Chabad as the Rebbe's emissaries, and she is going to stay. Her husband will stay there too. She decided he should be buried in Hanover. And they together, they will continue the mission that he started as opening a synagogue in a community, building a community in a city of 8,000 Jews. She says, this was no questions, was not even a doubt. She didn't need to go to ask the opinion of other people, your family members. She didn't advise with anybody. It was an impulsive decision that she's staying there no matter what. And you know what means an impulsive decision? Something that you don't calculate the outcome, how this is going to affect yourself for many years to come. And in her case, it was the, the most important decision she made in her life. It was such a shock that it shocked Chabad all over the world. That a woman with eight children, where the youngest is four, the oldest is 19, should decide to stay by herself in a city like this. Now, usually people go back to Israel or their own place, it's in America, to stay in Hanover. Hanover is a place that three hours from Frankfurt and three hours from Berlin. There is nothing Jewish there. Not a kosher store, not Jewish education, not anything. But she decided she stays there. She didn't think twice. The family in Israel, his family, my brother-in-law's family, arranged a private plane to bring the coffin to Israel. But in the cold Saturday night, she told them we decided he's staying here. we are all staying here together in, in Germany. An impulsive decision is not new to the Jewish people. It's in the history, it's in the DNA of the Jewish people, if you want. There is a story about a Talmudic rabbi. His name was Rove. Rove was a rabbi in, in Babylon 1,700 years ago. Very famous rabbi. He was a Rosh Hashiva, ahead of the biggest yeshiva in Babylon in his time. He was so famous that it was known that they, they used to tell the students, they used to tell the other friends, students used to tell the other friends, if you will hear one time our rabbi, Rove, you'll never want to hear another rabbi again. That's how exciting and, and, uh, and, and charismatic was this rabbi. 
As when he was a child, just an interesting story, when he was a young student by his Rebbe, he and his, par in his study partner were once studying with their teacher. And the daughter of the teacher walked in. That his Rebbe, his rabbi, turns to his daughter and he says, which one of these two you would like to marry? She answered, I would like to marry both of them. She was a young girl. Then Rove jumped and said, fine, but I want to be the last one. And the Talmud says that that's actually what happened. The other student married her first and they lived together and he passed away. And then Rove married her after it, after he passed away and they lived together for many years. But that's the kind of rabbi he was. Then the story goes that once he was concentrating on something very complicated in the Talmud, he was probably sitting on the floor or somehow, he was putting his finger under his shoe. And he was, his hand under his shoe and he was pressuring it so hard, trying to concentrate that he was bleeding from his finger and he didn't even feel it. Somebody passed by, an heretic, the Talmud says. Somebody who, know, who a Jew who knows about Judaism, but laughed and everything. And he like felt like an, he's an outsider. He told them, you, you people, you're crazy, you're impulsive. You, you, you're pressing on your finger and your finger is bleeding and you don't even feel it. What's wrong with you guys? And this is not, nothing new about your impulsiveness. All the way to Mount Sinai, you did it. When God came to offer the Torah to the Jewish people, and he asked, he told Moses to find out if the Jews want the Torah, the right way said the famous line, Naaseh venishma, we will do. Yeah, yeah, God, whatever you want, we will do. Then he started to ask, well, what are you supposed to do? Tell me what, what kind of foundation is this? This guy tells Rove. Usually you ask, find out what God wants from you. What are the rules and regulations? Then you sit down and you start to calculate, is that something possible for me to do? Can I live with it? Can I do it? Can I not do it? Just going, jumping into it like this, without thinking before, it's an, it was an impulsive decision. Robert listened and he told them, you're right. And it was an impulsive decision. We did it out of love. When you love somebody, when your lover asks you something to, do, something to do for him, you said, yes, dear. You don't ask what. Then you, ask, you find out what it is. That's an expression of love. And we are married to God. We are, Shavuos is actually the day that we got married, God and the Jewish people. He's the husband, we are the wife. We got married. And in this marriage, we said, yes, dear, whatever you want, we're going to do. It was an impulsive decision. The Rebbe used to mention that the holiday of Shavuos is connected to three special Jewish leaders. Number one, Moses. Moses gave the Torah, received the Torah from God and Shavuos. Moses is the star of the holiday of Shavuot. The second one is King David. King David, the Talmud tells us, passed away on Shavuos. And the third one is the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement. He also passed away, his Yotzite is on Shavuos. By all these three people, these three leaders, we see the concept that they made in some times, at some point in their life, they made impulsive decisions. I, by Moses, we'll start with Moses, there is more than once. But the most famous one that I'm sure many of you comes to your mind 
is the breaking of the tablet. It's connected to Mount Sinai, to Shavuos. 40 days later, he went up to, Ma to Mount Sinai a day after Shavuos to receive the two tablets. He came back 40 days later, the Jews were worshiping idols, building the golden calf, worshiping the golden calf. He took the tablets and he smashed them. It was a decision of a split second decision. He didn't ask God if it's the right thing to do. Who is Moses to break the tablets? It doesn't belong to him. He's just the delivery man. He's the UPS guy. Who are you to break the tablets? You don't like it? Give it back. You don't think the Jews deserve it? Fine. Bury it. Do it at some... What do you mean you're breaking it? Moses didn't think twice. He felt it was something in his heart told him, you have to do it. And he did it. And then, only later, God told them the famous expression that he used in the synagogue, Yashar Koach. The first Yashar Koach that we see in the Talmud comes that Moses, God told Moses, thank you for doing it. Good for you. And later he gave him a new set of tablets. But when Moses did it, he didn't know he was going to get a new set of tablets. That was Moses. King David, again, there is quite a few impulsive decisions that we know about King David. But something that has to do also with the tablets. And when King David became a king, it's a whole long story, we'll not go into it, but the Ark of the Covenant was confiscated by the Philistines. And finally, King David was able to bring it back to Jerusalem. When he brought the Ark of the Covenant, that inside there is the two tablets, he brought it back to Jerusalem. He was dancing and singing, and it was a band, it was an old parade, like a, like a Labor Day parade. A big parade, the Jews are taking the Ark of the Covenant, bringing it to Jerusalem. And King David was jumping and singing and exposing himself because he was, he was wearing a long robe and he was jumping. He was, he was out of himself from joy that he was able to bring back the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. It was a nice party and he gave everyone who came there, he gave a challah and it was beautiful. And then he came home. He came home. His wife was Michal. You know the name Michal is a common Jewish name. Michal was the daughter of King Saul. He was a son-in-law of the previous king. He comes home and his wife gives him a what a welcome. She tells him, you shame on you. You behave like an idiot. Why were you jumping like a Meshuganel? You're king. Where is your dignity? My father never behaved like this. He was a dignified man. You don't expose yourself in front of children, in front of maidservant. What is this with you? All excitement that he had outside. She brought it down in one second. King David was not too lost by her. He told her, yes, I did it. I didn't think twice. I didn't came to ask my wife before if I should do it. I didn't come in a meeting to ask if it's the right thing to do. I, it's, it's such an excitement in honor of God, I would do it even more. To be embarrassed for God, it's an honor for me. That's what he told her. And he never regretted it. It was the best thing that he did in his life. And the third one is the Baal Shem Tov. The story is not about the Baal Shem Tov himself, but connected to the Baal Shem Tov very much, as you will see. It's also a very famous story that once he was in the synagogue on Yom Kippur, it was closer to Neila service, and the disciples saw that the Baal Shem Tov is very serious, and he's very sad, and he's trying to pray very hard, but something doesn't let him. He doesn't move in his service. And it's getting dark, it's almost nearly the time to close down, to seal the deal. And they felt that something is not good for the Jewish people somewhere. 
And the disciples start to pray harder because they saw the Rebbe is very stressed. And the whole congregation, people started to faint. It was, it was a mess. Everybody was very worried. What is there that the Baal Shem Tov knows that it's not good, coming up not good on the Jewish people, then, it, then they don't know. Finally, they heard the screaming, Kakaduladu, God help them. It was a, a boy, a farmer, came from, a, from, a, from a, far, a farm not far from the city, fell into the synagogue on Yom Kippur, didn't know how to read, never were in a synagogue before, but he was a Jewish soul, he had a Jewish war him out. And when he saw how the Jewish people are so stressed and the Baal Shem Tov is stressed and his disciples and his Hasidim, that he screamed out what he knew, what he knew, the, the, he knew what he was to hear from, from the chickens, the kakadunadu, the, the, the word is screaming. That he uh, screamed it out and he screamed also, God help them. Then the con congregation got so upset, they wanted to chase him out of shul. What are you making noise? We are trying to pray, you're screaming this kind of, I guess, uh, words and sounds here. The Baal Shem Tov turned around with a big smile in motion to the people, leave him alone, leave him alone. And he finished the service very quick. At breakfast, they were all sitting around the Baal Shem Tov, and one of his disciples who was very close to him, turned, turned to him and told him, Rabbi, what was, what was it all about? He told them in the neighboring city, I saw a decree on them coming that the children are going to die because they don't care, don't, they don't take care for the, and the orphans in the community. No matter what I try to do, or try, any excuse I try to find why they, they didn't pay attention to, to the orphans, nothing worked. But when this farm boy gave an, a scream, an outcry from the depth of his heart, an, an impulsive scream, kakaduladu, it came out from the, from this, it was such a sincere and innocent outcry that it broke all, it silent all the persecutors against the Jews and sealed the deal for the Jewish people for a good year. Judaism survived on this. We see it, the state of Israel wouldn't be around if not that one day Ben Gurion decided as an impulsive decision, even America told them it's not the right time and friends told him it's not the right time to establish, to announce the, the establishment of the state of Israel. He knew that it will never be the right time. And that's why we have Israel today. Jewish history for 3,000 years from Nachshon ben Aminadab. Nachshon was the first one to jump into the water and splitting the sea. You see, if you start to make calculations, start to measure, is it good for me, is it not good for me, you'll never do anything, anything heroic. Next time when you have an impulse to do something good, don't wait. Just jump in the water. Just do it.